State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, it's our favorite time of the year here at the Black Effect. We're heading to Atlanta for the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival, and we're not going alone. Nissan is back as our partner, and they're continuing their Pitch Your Podcast Lounge at the festival, where you'll have the opportunity to pitch your podcast idea live and share it with the Black Effect team. So get those podcast ideas ready. And remember, you can count on Nissan to dial up the thrill in your adventures, no matter where life takes you. Visit blackeffect.com forward slash podcast festival for more details. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. That's how we own it! What's up, family? It's your girl, Tamika D. Mallory. It's your boy, my son, General. And we are your hosts of Street Politicians, the, the place, place where, where the streets, streets and, and politics, politics meet. I want you to address me going forward as Grandma T. That's Grandma T? Grandma T. Grandma T. Grandma T. Congratulations, Grandma T. Well, thank you. I was saying Grandma, and it, it just was falling flat, like Grandma. You know, people say Glamma. They say this and that. But I want to stick with Grandma. It was falling flat. And then I just came up with it. Literally in this second, it's Grandma T. Grandma T. Grandma. Grandma. I don't want Grandma. I want Grandma. Grandma, <laughs> grandma T. Hey, well, listen, Grandma man. T. Congratulations. What's, 
What's your granddaughter's name again? My granddaughter's name is Blair. And she is, Blair. we are in bliss with Blair because she okay. is beautiful. Dope, man. Congratulations to your son. Yep. Tariq, he's a little, he's a little half-grown man now. Yeah, man, he got him a little, he gonna, he gonna step up now. Yeah. You know, got to step and up. His, and her mom's name is Naya, and she is also incredible. They're really good parents. You know, I, I even watch your grand, your grandson's parents, so Nasan and Cindy, they're really good parents. These young people are incredible parents, bruh. Yeah, because you know what it is? I think I think we gave them a lot of a foundation. You know, they had a way different kind of foundation because we had parents says like, listen, you going, that's your kid. You going to figure it out. Yeah. I love them. I'm going to come, but you're going to, you're going to do the initial work. The first six to eight months is on you. I'm going to come by, I'm going to hug them and I'm going to do that. But we, I don't think, I don't think we parented in that fashion. You know what I'm saying? We gave a lot of a cushion, you know, my, my son's mother, now, Soma, she's very hands-on with, you know, her grandson. So they didn't really have to, to really do my, I mean, they do they what they have to do, but the foundation is really set for them. So, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's true. When you, well, first of all, even though, yes, we are working as parents, I'm, as grandparents, we are working, but we have a lot more flexibility to be able to support. Our parents didn't have that. Their jobs were pretty much nine to five, once they get home, they've got to get ready for bed because every day, you know, they were on that, that, what do you call it? The, 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 what do you call it? the wheel, you know, going, my parents, they got home in a certain time of day, six o'clock or whatever. They didn't have time to watch my son afterwards, even though they still helped out way more than they should have ever been required to. But nonetheless, it was just a different thing. And you're right. It's, it's just different. We are more involved and shifting things and you know but then I don't know because other grandparents have damn near taken over in terms of how they supported their grandchildren and the parents I don't know oh it just was different I was just not as good of a parent as these kids I what I see them doing is just over the top so I'm happy to be a part of that yeah. and it's my green I'm grandma T grandma T what's in the news um Oh, so Biden and the marijuana offenses. First of all, the the White House is like, yo, we got to do some stuffs because we only have, what is it now? Thir less than 30 days? Yeah, November 5th is less than 30 days for the midterm elections. They need people to turn out and they have to figure out what to do in a short period of time to try to make sure that the, the messaging is not just flat. They need to be able to give it some, you know, some, some highs and lows and put some color up in there around what they have been able to accomplish. In my judgment, and I'm sure you agree, it's not um, like, you know, it's like, it's, it, it's not, I can't say it's flat because we can't do that. We have to give credit where credit is due, but certainly the type of change we need, forget about what they promised and all of that, because we could get into that and be here all day. But just the type of so it's the type of change we need, the type of support people of, of color, but black folks specifically that we need in this country, I don't know that the government is ever gonna do it. I just don't. I, I just don't know that we will ever have a government that will 
give us what we need as a people. Just don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think so either. I don't, I don't think, like I say all the time, to give Black people in marginalized communities what they actually need to be successful and progressive means the fall of capitalism, right? Capitalism cannot function if everybody is financially stable, right? There has to be a lower class. That's what it is built off. It's built off somebody has nothing and, 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 and some people have a lot, you know? So to actually give marginalized people who, who actually are Black people in this country. Marginalized communities. Communities, you know what I'm saying? Those equal opportunities and options, it is the fall of capitalism. So, but when we look at this bill, it's two things, right, that I say. And, and I'm critical about it, always critical about it. But as, a, as the president, there only, you have limited ability to just make laws, right? There's a, there's a process. And the only thing you actually can control are federal is federal legislation. Right, right, they, right. You can't tell the states, yo, every state, y'all got to do this. They, they don't have to abide by those rules. So only thing he's he ha, he has the ability to do is make federal law and, and give the, the states who want to abide by. Now, at that point, it's for us to push our state legislators, you know, our state, the people that control our states to adopt those things. Right. You know, and, and, and it's a fucked up system. It's, it's, it's fucked up. And I want to be, I want to say Biden ain't doing shit, but I see them pass a couple of things that I got to say it's, it's more than I've seen anybody else do. You know, I've, it's more than I've seen people do in a long time. And I've, I'm definitely critical. We should be getting way more shit. We should be doing all these things, all these bills that we should get. But I understand that there's a process. And I understand there's some people who don't want that process to go. They don't want to see marginalized communities, black and brown communities actually grow. They just don't want to see it. You right. know, so, you know, I don't I don't know. And that's why I don't know if it's, it's possible for us to actually get equity in this country. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you what you said is 100% true that, you know, the states is now where it goes because 7,000 people is great, but we know that the system is full of and that incarceration is, is is really um populated if you will of if you will by our people many of them black folks with criminal backgrounds based upon marijuana convictions so we know that you know 7000 is a good number we want to see everybody at every level be free and the 7000 i didn't mean to cut you and the 7000 represents the amount of people who would be affected by in the federal system by the marijuana. That's what I'm saying. 7,000 people uh, potentially, potentially being freed under this, um, you know, new law. However, the states, it does fall back on the states to handle the masses and sort of the magnitude of the problem around marijuana convictions. And I'm just going to be honest in saying that this is why you have to go to the polls. Because first of all, Anyway, I was getting ready to get into a whole thing that we're not going to talk about today because, you know, I just want to know which one of your Republican buddies, um, these all these people who are out here that folks are like, well, it's good people on both sides. OK, well, which one of them, which one of those individuals is pushing for legislation that will free a bunch of people at once under a new law um, and a new statute? I don't know. But, you know, whatever. 
The point is that this is why we have to make sure that we vote for governors and others um, in state office and your state legislature who will help to ensure that what Biden has done is modeled in, on the state level, because that's where we have most of our people dealing with marijuana convictions and incarceration. And, um, you know, and, and if you are unwilling to be, participate in the process, you won't show up at the polls. You're not, you know, making sure, because this is like a rubber meets the road situation. This is not just some theoretical shit that's just in the air. This is like literally you make sure you put somebody in office who will look at what Biden is doing and saying this state wants to be a part of that. It's that simple. It's either your legislature, your your it's either your governors and those people who are in elected office in your state support it or they don't. And by the way, where is Kathy Hochul in New York? Because I ain't I don't know if I heard that she or, or has already signed a bill that is aligned with that. So I'm over here talking about the Democrats, but hey, which one of those states? <laughs> I don't know. I need to do some more research. So I'm checking myself. Anyway, research. I heard you say black and brown coalition, um, or you said black and brown people. And that, that term has been challenged greatly over the last few days based upon the, uh, the, the situation in Los Angeles County where the council president, she's now the former council president, Nuri Martinez, was caught on tape saying a bunch of nasty, vile, racist things um, about us Black people, and particularly a Black child, calling him a monkey, talking about violence against the kid, just a bunch of nasty things that she should not have been saying. And she got caught, and it has caused people to start talking about an issue that comes up often is this idea of a black and brown coalition and whether or not it really exists. And this is what I wanna say. First of all, she has resigned from the council completely, but her two colleagues who were also in the conversation who not one of them pitched a fit and said, wait a minute, this is nasty. This is not right. What the hell are you talking about? I refuse to participate in this. They didn't, one of them I think didn't do that. And the other one actually participated in the conversation for real, for real. Um, you know, neither one of them did anything to stop it. And those two people have not resigned. So there's still pressure on. And so the question becomes, you know, people talk, they hear sometimes even, you know, we say black and brown um, and folks are like, is there a real black and brown coalition? Because we know that there are Latino individuals out there who do not identify with our communities. And in fact, they want to see themselves as uh, a step above us. They want to be disassociated completely with anything that has to do with even being brown. They want to be as close to white as possible. They are trying to gain access to the white community and they will throw us under the bus and sometimes harm us in order to be there. And here's what I think, because people look at us and they're like, oh, you know, why do y'all say black and brown? Even with the conversation around Fat Joe using the word, the N word, um, you know, people, people are like, Tamika, you know, why haven't you said anything? And I do think that being a New Yorker, especially a New Yorker from the hood, is very different. I'm sure in LA, there's some places like that as well, where Black and Latino people grow up so close together that you don't even, because where I lived in the projects, 
it was a black family, a Latino family, a black family. We ate food together. We did everything together. I don't know a life without those individuals who I grew up with. Now, when I went to school, the Catholic church, unfortunately, because I went to a Catholic school, the nun who ran the church and the school, she's the one who put in us sort of a, a racial dynamic or made me feel like I was less than as an African-American or a Black girl when I was next to Mariel and Maciel, who are our two sisters, right? They're two twins who are beautiful, beautiful Latino sisters, and they are my girls. We are super cool, love them down. But when I was young, there were people who tried to pit us against one another. And you know, I don't, I, I feel like I hate to say it, but the people who introduced the racial dynamics was the white folks in the school. Because otherwise we didn't know nothing about that. Because uh, you know what it is, the, what, what, there's a proximity to whiteness in, with Latinos, right? Because the straight hair, lighter skin. So right. they identify closer to them. And those people who want to identify closer to white people are able to. And there are those who don't want to, you know, they, they don't want to be involved in this, this racial dynamic. They want, you know, they want to stand for equity. So it's always been that situation. Like, like you said, we grew up, I grew up in the Bronx where my next door, everybody on my floor, except me was Puerto Rican or Dominican. Mm -hmm. You know, my next door neighbor was Dominican. The, the guy next to me, Jose, they were Puerto Rican. And then I guess the other person over here was Puerto Rican. So I, we and we grew up like family. We was in and out of each other's house every day, you know. So the dynamic there, we didn't know. Right. You don't need to know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, people start making you see the divide every now and then. There would be these little racial things that happen. But for the most part, we grew up as family, you know. And so, you know. Not everybody has that because there's certain things like in Alabama, where my mother's from, there are no Latinos. The, the Mexican community has just moved in with a, like a Mexican restaurant. But other than that, and I don't even know where they live because I sure ain't never seen them walking up and down the paths of my grandmother's community. You know, so I'm sure that there are certain places around the nation where there is no, the only thing they know is white and black, right? And most of the time there's literally no relationship to the white people. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, we should move on. I just, we're trying to figure this out. This conversation around the black and brown coalition. When I think of someone like Carmen Perez, um, you know, and I think of other Latino sisters and brothers who are in this movement with us, it's very difficult for me to leave them behind when I'm talking about issues because I know they face some of the same things that we face. But I also know that there's a lot more work that has to be done by our Latino brothers and sisters to show up for us as Black people and to make sure that, you know, we, we, we keep it clear that we're one family. So I guess on one hand, you know, there's a little bit of hypocrisy that exists in all of us because we all, we all. When you talk about Fat Joe, for me, Fat Joe is from the Bronx. Like every Puerto Rican I know, up until I got into this movement, being honest, the word nigga only have made us angry coming from white people. Right. Like, me and my, my Spanish friends, yo, my nigga was good. This is just how we talk. Like every day, yo, my nigga, my nigga. This, that is a community, that is a 
everyday communication for us in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. Black and Puerto Rican people communicate with each other like that. Mm -hmm. When it was a racial slur, when we heard uh, a Hispanic person call you a monkey, then that's when we, we now you was trying to be racist. We knew, we heard mono or we heard monkey or something, you know, this was a direct racial intention, but the word nigga was just our regular dialogue with each well, other. Well, it's also how people say it. White people can't say it at all, period, not at never. All. But it's also how people say it. When some people, some Latinos do use it derog in a derogatory way. I've never, I've, I'd say I've never, you can't, I'm, I'm not talking about, I've never heard it inside of our community. Like I've never heard a, a, a Hispanic or Latino person say the word nigga and it made me feel like. Yeah, because even in a fight, the Latinos in our, in our communities might be like, nigga, what's up? Like, and, yeah. and just, so again, we, I recognize the hypocrisy. You recognize the hypocrisy and you I recognize it. And this, it's like anything. If, if I got my friend, the things that offend don't offend me about my friend don't mean it, it's not going to offend somebody else when they do it. I'm so that, glad you brought that up. That's just the reality. We need to we need to, to, to move on and talk about our topic for today. But I'm glad you brought that up because that take that takes us to the conversation that has been viral about Coach Stormy and Tammy who I showed up a day late to their conference after which was is called um, Girl Hold My Hand. Um, but by the time I got there, they were already viral about something that happened the day before. Let's talk about it a little bit later on. But it is very true that what the way that you may speak to your friend is cool with y'all, but when other people hear it, they are going to be, they may be offended by what they hear, which is why sometimes people don't need to hear everything because the internet needs to be unplugged. But we got to get to our topic. But I forgot that I have to make sure today I do my thought of the day. Because my thought of the day today is so darn, like, just, it's not so much good. Because it's actually not good, but it's more so important. You know that people watch people more than they work. Like, this is something that... You, what were you going to say? That's the thing. People watch people more than they work. Way more. And, you know, I, was, I posted something last week where P. Diddy, Puffy, I still call him Puff. Y'all, you know, everybody got their own thing. Love. Love. Brother love. Where he was talking about how difficult success is like how hard you have to go to be successful and you know some people will say well that is you know you're killing yourself you're working too hard and I get that I'm not sitting here advocating for you know not taking care of your family or vacation or resting so just working so hard but what I do know is that if you spend more of your time watching other people and wanting to figure out how to diminish their value and or call them out and, you know, sit up and, 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 and really be motivated by jealousy and envy. And you'll never say that. Like most people, they'll never say I'm being motivated by the jealousy and envy in my heart. 
they're not going to say that. They're going to say, nah, it's because things ain't the way it's supposed to be. And somebody should have gave me this. And somebody should have did this for me. And somebody should have that. Because that's what we love to do is to complain about other people and try to figure out ways to expose them, deny them, uh, disrespect them. Even people who disguise themselves as your friend, your supporter. Those, those are the ones that piss me off. They're the main ones to do it. And, and I think people don't realize that the hate that's in you is what's stopping you. It's not who is in your way. It's not Tamika Mallory is your problem. It's not my son is the problem. It's the hate that's in you that's stopping you from getting where you're going. We used to have a saying in my old job that you can't be big and little at the same time. You have to choose one or the other because if you little, everything you touch is gonna be just as little as you are. You're never going to accomplish your goals and be and, and fulfill the greatness that God has placed within you if you're busy watching other people and having a why not me and a why them mentality, especially when you sit around and, and claim, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm real, I'm for the people, I'm this and that. And all you do all the time is try to tear down people and particularly tear down Black women. It's nothing, you you a hater. That's what that is the only thing in your way. Because I know people I know people who are brilliant, they're smart, they are um, they have all the things, but the little bit of hate, that little envious behavior, that jealousy that you carry, that's blocking you from your greatness. It's blocking you from getting where you want to go. And I always say, you know, when you if you look at me, because I know that I am, I don't know all the things, right? Like I'm not the most uh, politically educated. I don't know how to use all the big words. Sometimes it takes me longer to catch concepts and understand things, but somehow I have been successful and I'm in a position where I have influence, right? Where people respect me, where there are a lot of people out here who have been impacted by not, and I'm not talking about our work on a big scale. I'm talking about just me and my peer-to-peer -peer relationships that I have with people where I have helped to put them in position. And I'm blessed in that way. And I really truly do attribute a large part of that to the fact that I don't walk around watching other people and hating on who ain't got what and who's over there and who's over there and I don't like this person and trying to figure out how to take shots against people who I have once sat and broke bread with that's not my personality that's just not who I am so when I sit and look at the difference between me and some of the other individuals who people watch me and who have so much shit to say about me I realize that the difference between you and me is hate that's the only thing that's different I say that all the time I say that I say all the time, if you pay attention to somebody long enough, you'll realize why they're not successful. Because I know there's a lot of people who are talented, they're smart, they have skills, all these things. And you'd be like, damn, why this person ain't got this and this and that? And if you pay, you stay around them long enough, especially if they're not really young, so they just haven't matured into a certain space. But if you hang around um, grown adult people who have yet to have reached a level of success, you'll be able to tell why. It's, it's, it's certain things 
character flaws that they have. And, and that's a character flaw. When, when you, you know, like I have no problem, right? When I think somebody is detrimental, completely detrimental to what it is that we, we represent or we, to our culture, I don't have a problem calling that out. If I think you're a complete sucker, then I'm going to call that. That's something that I, I need to save these babies from you. I need to save the culture from you because you've done nothing to add to this culture. But there are people that I have fundamental differences with, right? We have different ideologies. We have different ways of going about things. And even though I don't agree with your, your path to, um, you know, to our salvation and to the evolution of our culture, even though we may have different paths, I don't need to call you out because we do it differently. I know that you add some value to this culture. If I know that you add value, I don't have to talk bad about you just because you might be in, in a competition. People might try to pit us against each other because they see us in the same way. I don't, I don't see that as an issue. I, I, I believe that was for me, I'm gonna get so I don't see myself having to do anything to pull you down for me to get high. But some people feel that. People feel that somebody who's who is influential in their space, who does something, and it, it takes away from them. Nobody can't dim my light. And that's what people don't understand. I think that's what we are. We're in an era right now where when you look at, just look at the whole, it's so many different people in the movement. This is in the movement that want to call out BLM, right? And it's like, for me, even if, for you to call out BLM, where we, where we can actually say it is the biggest civil rights movement in history, it is it's documented. I would say social justice because there's a difference. So I would say social okay. justice. Well, there can be a difference. It's argument. Some people put it as civil rights. Some people say Joseph's social justice, whatever it is. We've known that there's so much good that's come out of it. We know that there are historical things that have never happened in history that Black people were able to benefit from, right? So for us to try to tear that down, knowing that it was beneficial to a lot of different things we've seen you know, historical um, judgments. We've seen laws being changed. We've seen convictions that never have. We've seen finances go into black communities that we never seen. We've seen people be exalted into different, you know, areas based on the fact that we said that Black Lives Matter. We've watched those things happen. We cannot deny those things happen. So for you to want to tear down something that did that, instead of saying, okay, let me figure out what they did wrong or this and that. Let me fill that gap. Let me, I don't, cause I don't have to tear that down in order for what it is that I'm doing to be successful. I don't even have to do that. Yeah, but that, see the, the, the but the problem, cause there are different types of people. There are some people who are critiquing Black Lives Matter and not realizing, or at least I feel like they don't realize that they're lending their voice to a larger movement that is trying to destroy our coming together around a particular theory. So there's those people who I think they just don't real, they think they're just one person speaking or two people or 10 people speaking, and they don't know that that is exactly what the enemy needs to fuel its opportunity to say, ain't none of them people that was out there saying Black Lives Matter shit. Not just three women or or one woman or however you want to boil it down, but the whole movement is trash, right? So that's that's one thing. Then there are people who, because they're in the process of a money grab, they all they want is money. They thinking about the money they want, the money they should have got, the money they need, the money, 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 money. They're motivated solely by that. 
They know what Black Lives Matter as a movement has done to bring Black people together and the benefits that have come from it, despite the fact that there are things the organization could have done much better and you know different and much better. And they, they know the value because some of them were involved. But because of the money grab, they have lost the sense of understanding that, hey, even though I'm pissed about this thing, I know, I know that these folks, this larger world does not want us to even believe that our lives matter. And therefore, I have to be smart in how I move. But, but money is the root of people's Holy. It's the root of people's evil, all evil, whatever. And what happens is that first they coming after, after they go after BLM, then it's after me, then it's after so and so. Because all along, people are looking at somebody else's shit, their life, their whatever they got going on, and they're trying to figure out how do I tear that person down or try to to, to try to um, to try to put a uh, a damper on their credibility so that they are no longer able to have access to what they have because I don't have it. And so I, I can't speak to what it is, you know, with these, with other folks. I can't speak to the BLM. I'm not really talking about, I, 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 what no, I, what no but, but wait, wait, let me just finish. I can't speak to the BLM space in terms of who they are, where they come from and all of that, because I only know very limited information about all of them, right? And, and by the way, I know these three different women in very different ways, and I could tell you positive things about each one of them. So this is not about that. I can only speak on until freedom first, but right now I'm not even talking about until freedom. I'm talking about Tamika Mallory. And I would like to say for the record, again, for all the haters, who are watching and listening, 30 years of my life, I have worked my ass off, okay? I have sat in rooms where I was not allowed to speak, where I was not allowed to even have an opinion, where my job was to serve coffee and tea and to, and to be there to serve other individuals. I have moved up the ranks of the movement. I have supported other people. I've supported other organizations. I have trucked my ass back and forth on trains, buses, and wherever is necessary to be there, to be a part of, to lend my voice, my skills, and my services two different aspects of our movement, I have put in the work. And what I want to tell people is, if I swear to you that my model, it is a model that is what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Work and stop hating so much. Work and stop sitting around looking at other people and people watching and feeling like, why not me? Why not me? Because that's the problem. Because you could well surpass me in what you know and how you speak and all the things that you have that I may not be blessed with. But the thing that is, is about me, I have been humble and I have been in service and I have not participated in tearing other people down for my own success. That is what I think is the secret sauce to the Tamika Mallory story. And I suggest that people get them a story that looks similar. 
do some business. It's, it's sad. We in a sad time, but you know, we used to it though. I want to show But you know what? Here's my shade. They say that if you was watching chapter two, chapter three is going to blow your mind because I am on my way to the next level. And it's nothing that you and your hating ass can do to stop me from where what it is that God has for me in my life. Just know you can't stop me, period. If you kill me, if you took my life today, my legacy is still going to be greater than yours. Yo, I'm hype. The Black Effect is live. This April 27th, the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed down to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with the Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and share it with the Black Effect Podcast Network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit. Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event to be at. You will not want to miss this. Because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill in your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future. Building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. 
Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. So, talking about uh, moving on, moving on, moving on from the haters. Now we can go to the topic. We should go, now we can go to the topic. I was going to talk about Coach Stormy and Tammy Price, but I'm going to put that in another episode because, you know, it's just, you said it. I mean, anyway, you already summed it up. The point is that the way you speak to your friends sometimes is not necessarily good for the world to hear because people won't ne- won't understand it. And me being there in the space with them the next day after the situation went viral, you know, Tammy is not oppressed. She's not embarrassed. She's not being stripped of her womanhood. None of that. Actually, she's a very strong young woman. They have a wonderful relationship. They treated me well and they treated one another well. But I do know, and first of all, and by the way, I wouldn't have used the word hood rat. I wouldn't have used it. I know I say it. I say it but I probably would not have used it to talk to my friend in front of a camera, right? So I get that. I get what has struck a nerve in some people, but I also know that the way in which they were communicating is the way that they're comfortable talking to one another. And not every friend, not every conversation with your friends is going to sound good to a person who's listening. And so that is, you know, that's just something, again, it's the hypocrisy of life, right? We can sit with Joe and talk and say words and, and, and the N-word and whatever, but we're not going to be okay with other people using the, the word. So anyway, I just thought I would weigh in on that. Now, on this other topic, though, on a serious topic today, this issue of women's health, we have a guest coming up today that is going to um, uh, I think give us a lot of clarity on things that we kind of throw out in the world. Everybody does, men, women, everybody throws out these concepts around how to take care of ourselves. We're always talking about, um, you know, now we're talking more about how women are literally dying more, Black women are dying more than any other group of women based upon you know the lack of care and a lot of it is just a self a self-awareness issue and our in our communities we just haven't talked about certain things and I always you know it's so many different think ways that you can address this topic first of all we've talked about many times the fact that most women most women not some most not they may not all agree in public but most women, have a very difficult time having orgasms. They're faking it during sex often. We have a lot of women who are dealing with physical challenges or or vaginal challenges that they don't even talk about. 
a lot of men who don't even know how to help a woman take care of her vagina. And, you know, it's like, yo, the coochie business is a real serious business. The business of the coochie. It's a, it is, it is a very precious place. It's almost like a newborn baby all every day. You know, if you think about it now that I have my grandbaby, I realize how precious she is. And you, you know, you holding her and did this. Uh, a coochie is just that precious as a newborn every single day. It has to be cleaned properly. It has to be treated properly. You have to fill yourself with the right things. It's a lot to taking care of a coochie. And, 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 you know, and I don't know that men are even taught any of the stuff. We are also taught incorrectly, but I, I don't, I don't feel like men know shit about how to take care of a, a vagina. Most men, I'm sure some do. I mean, we weren't, you know, my mother taught my sister how to take care of a vagina. She ain't never come to me and said, boy, this is how you take care of a woman's vagina. That's not like really a conversation that we have. It's, what is the need for it? Right? What is the need? Hey, what's the need for it? What I is the need for somebody to come? I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I think I think maybe that's something that you probably should have did. Did you ever sit down, excuse me, did you ever sit down with Tariq and be like, hey, this is how you take care of your woman's coochie. And these are things you need to know about a woman. Did you ever have that conversation? Not when he was young, I messed that up. But as he got older, I would tell him things about washing his hands, brushing his teeth, making sure that he's taking care of a woman's vagina or taking care of himself, by the way, right? Like, cause washing your hands, brushing your teeth, taking care of your own hygiene, that's not so much just about somebody else, but it's a, it's really about take care of yourself. And as you take care of you, it helps the woman's vulva, I guess is what they call it. And I think it's vulva. Mm -hmm. Let me go look that word up. Um, to be healthy. So, you know, I feel like we do need to teach that. And there is a purpose for it. And there's certainly a purpose for men to learn that half the time they think they're doing something sexually that they're not doing because it's not working. Did that? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess I got. I got to thought about that. We'll talk. I. I, I want to talk to our expert and, and get her opinion <laughs> about my thought about that. Oh, okay. I can imagine what you will say. I'm afraid for this conversation. I don't know what you're gonna say, but um, I will say I'm. I'm happy to have a woman come on the show today that I know she deals with all the aspects, not just of the coochie, but also the body. And she talks about helping men as well. Her name is Coach Jessie and her company is called The Detox Now, The Detox Now. And you see everything, Queen Afua, everyone is basically telling us it all connects back to your health. Yeah, health is wealth. I tell people all the time, you can't Get a dime. I don't care how much money you got. If you ain't healthy, you ain't going to live to spend it. So Absolutely. The detox now, she's a women's health activist. So that means that she's actively doing things every day, not just a women's health expert, but she's an activist. And she also is a fibroid survivor who dealt with some um, issues. I'll let her talk about her issues. And she's turned to, to be a nutritionist because she believes that food is directly connected. And, you know, and I'm excited that Coach Jesse's going to come educate us and talk about what it is that's going on with the coochie. So Coach Jesse, I'm so excited you are here. I'm always having to fight and defend women and our health, women's health 
by myself. So it's so good to have you on today. Thank you for being a guest on Street Politicians. Thank you so much for having me. Listen, you got a circle with you. You're not by yourself. We got we got your back. Got your back. I don't understand this because I'm always outnumbered on this show. Is is we got woman producers, we got her. She's like five women alone, so she right. makes me feel like she needs. I need the help. No, we you have been on this show often, by the way. I mean, yeah, okay, I guess. It's, but get, it's getting more balanced. It's getting there. We getting there. Getting more we appreciate you. Thanks you for coming on, Coach Jesse. And thank, thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. So grateful. So, Coach Jesse, before you came on, we were talking about women's coochies, right? She was talking about it. I was and you had things to say. I had a couple of things, but she did. <laughs> let's make it clear because I do not need she was talking about it. <laughs> no, and you know, it's such taboo, right? It's yes, such taboo. Yeah. It's not taboo because everyone is using one or mm-hmm. Or some way one in one way or the other, either coming here like how you are born into the world, mm-hmm. and or um, you know, or and or actually in having sexual interactions or whatever, mm-hmm. or using it as a woman's on your body. But we don't like to talk about it. It's taboo to discuss the topics, and I think that because it's taboo you have so many things going wrong and ways in which we are not taking care of the health of our vaginas because we don't talk about it. And I was, the conversation that we were having, I was asking my son, like, who taught you what? And like, what did they say? What's the words they used? And where did you get most of your information growing up? Because I feel like so many young men, even my own son, I don't know if I had the right conversations with him. So what's your take on that topic? Well, I love what you said about, you know, when people don't talk about things, you know, things go wrong. And, you know, I heard, you know, grandma used to say bad things happen in the dark, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the dark is really, it's ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we do, you know, we have to come out of that, that time in our lives where it was like, well, this is taboo because taboo is what made it shameful. It's what made it something that we we remained ignorant about and we didn't communicate where we had issues. I think it's very important that sexual education, menstrual education, um, mm-hmm. sexual health education, anatomy is taught with your sons and your daughters the same, okay? Because we are our community, our family, our family unit, whether it's father, mother, whoever is having those conversations, we need to know that um, it needs to be brought into the light, right? Because mm-hmm. when we bring things to the light, then we can see what's really happening. We can feel open about having conversations. It's like when people see a little girl say vagina, like, yes, let her say vagina. Thank mm-hmm. you. She has- So not vajayjay? So you not you don't think vajayjay and poo-poon and tutu and all of that, we shouldn't be using those time. There's a lot of debate around that, right? Um, You know, I I don't mind saying the JJ because it's like we have a cute nickname for a lot of things, right? However, but she should always know vagina and she should not feel ashamed of saying vagina, right? Mm -hmm. Because it needs to be taken care of just like every other part of us. And Mm -hmm. because there's so much that so much havoc that can be wreaked, whether it's conditions, disease, infections, if we are not um, really intentional about care, Mm. intentional about 
how we talk about it and uh, making sure that the awareness and the education is accurate. Yeah, 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 go ahead. Marcia. For me, you know, and I appreciate this conversation, but as, as a man throughout years, you know, I don't think a lot of women are aware of the hygiene of the vag, vagina. The vag. vag. The vagina. Like a lot of, there's, there, there are a lot more women who don't smell fresh than actually do. And I, I'm just trying to figure out like, why, what, like, what does that come from? What is, what does that mean? And do they even know? It's like, for me, I think a lot of them, and they don't seem to be aware, you know, and it's not like they, chill, these are grown women, they don't really seem to be aware. So I'm trying to figure out like, what does that come wow. from? How do we combat it? Like, what, what is what's going on for men everywhere? We want to know. But that's that takes us to what you was talking about the care because you see things like men that don't realize that before they have oral sex with a woman, they need to brush their teeth. They need to wash their hands after. Like things get annoying, but if you're holding your cell phone and you're handling your keys, so after you wash your hands, if you pick up your cell phone that hasn't been cleaned and then you want to put your hand in a woman's vagina, that's how these odors and other things happen. So it's got to be, if you're having sex with people or a person, that person has to be as informed, I would think, about things that they need to do so that you're helping one another. But there are other reasons. So you go and ahead. For me, and I, I wanted to say one thing. For me, <laughs> sorry, the guest, we don't have a guest on this show. No, today. no, no. I'm going to get to that. But I just want to say, just to combat that, because I have all of those things you're talking about throughout my life. I didn't do it with certain women, right? And they still weren't, they didn't smell. Like I didn't wash my hand every time. I didn't brush my, I didn't do all of those things and they still didn't smell. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if that is the, the direct correlation to it we'll or not. We'll so I will let the expert talk. Yes. And then I got something to say. <laughs> well, I have one word that's very important. Well, two of them actually, food and stress. Okay. So two things that really impact our pH balance um, and pH balance affects what you're talking about, my brother, my son, okay? My son, when you're talking about everything from the, the odor, the stickiness, the texture, um, these things are affected by our food, what we consume, and um, our stress is affected by what we consume mentally and emotionally, right? So think about that. Um, when you are having high cortisol levels, and, and I say this because a lot of brothers are why a lot of women are stressed, okay? <laughs> All right? Some of these toxic relationships, all right. So let's look at both sides of the net. Of course, you know, and, and we have to love ourselves enough to keep toxic relationships out. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's also what we're consuming food wise. Mm -hmm. It can throw off our pH balance. That's a big thing. Okay. And it, a sugar is a big deal because it causes a, an overgrowth of candida. All right. A lot of times we going back to the stress thing, what we eat to try to comfort ourselves, we eat things that are bad for us, mm -hmm. things that are bad for our bodies. And then the other thing are the soaps. Okay, it's very important that we use things that are friendly to the cookie, friendly to the cookie. All right. Um, I say that because I, I have a daughter, she's 11, and I'm already having her say, no, 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 we don't use soap. If you don't have soap, you don't have a good, a good wash that is, um, that supports your overall body pH, just use water. 
right? Because the soap will create all kinds of other habit, right? So, and gut health is very connected to it as well, my son. So that goes back to the food because if your microbiome is imbalanced, which is your gut health, it will wreak havoc. And that's where you have things like BV and yeast and all those things. I hope yeah. that helps. I was just going to say though, that it's true that some people you don't have to do it. Some people just don't have those issues. Mm -hmm. Other people do. But I think also the thing that, and maybe the odor is one part, but one thing that we were already talking about earlier, my son, is a lot of women don't even tell you about the discomfort that they're experiencing. Mm. So you don't even know that something is going on, except if there is an odor, like that's at the point that it's at its worst where you will actually hear about it. But the yep. burning sensation, the itchiness and other things, you won't even know what's going on. And we will just hide it because in our minds, we're wired to think we have to please our man and have sex even when we're uncomfortable. Preach. Oh, <laughs> I think, you know, I think it's very unfortunate because just listening to me, and I don't even understand how women enjoy these. Like this mind state, that a lot of women go into relationships with is it's it doesn't even seem enjoyable. Like you saying, we, we you talking about you gotta please the man, you gotta have sex when you're uncomfortable, you you can't say things about this, you you not really like she she was expressing earlier that a lot of women aren't having orgasm. Like I don't even know why somebody if if I if, if sex was like that to me, if, I, if it was taught that to me, and I had to deal, I just wouldn't even want to do it. Cause I don't even, I don't even, for me, it's like, what is, what, how do you enjoy it when you have all of these things that you actually dealing with that actually take you away from you? Not even climaxing most of the time. You're not comfortable. You going through this. Well, I don't know. Like what, what is, what is the good part about it? Well, that presupposes that you're able to have a healthy relationship, right? So if you have a healthy relationship, then you can talk about these things, right? I have a safe relationship where I I'm able to be vulnerable. I am healthy in, in our, our communication level is healthy where I, we can talk about those things that we kind of feel very, um, very insecure about. But now take it on the flip side where a woman is really just hungering for security. Um, what's on the flip side of what you talked about, my son, right? So if I say I'm uncomfortable, if I say I'm not happy, if I say all these things, there's a culture out there that somebody's going to be like, I'm going on to the next person. Mm -hmm. Are you too much to handle, right? Or this is too much drama. Um, and I think there's a lot of fear that's connected to it. And that to me goes back to the toxicity of, wait a minute, you know, my intimacy is very special. And that means I only want to have it in a relationship where somebody is, is safe enough where I can say, this is cool. This is not cool. I'm going through something. I'm, I'm going through a health challenge and you're, I'm not afraid that you're going to walk away. And that starts with valuing ourselves enough to say that I deserve that, yeah. right? I how deserve much of this. How much of this do you think is like grandmama and them fault? And, you know, great grandmama's fault because we have been taught to please our yeah. man and don't worry about you getting pleased because that's not important sex is really about a woman giving a man what he needs. So how much of it do you think is just what we've been taught being, you know, it's just wrong. Like some, and I know it cause I heard plenty of that as a young person growing up. And the sad part about it, coach Jesse is 
you hardly heard anything because it was all the secrets going on in the room when they closed the door and they sat in there and talked, the women and the men definitely didn't bring it up because if they talked to you about anything sexually related, that was a family crisis. So the only time you did hear something was when a person was telling you what you need to do for your man or how you, that's it. Like you didn't really get any real sex education until you had your menstrual. That's it. And of course, the soap thing. Yes. We learned about soap because all of us use the wrong soap at least once and it set you on the on fire. On fire. <laughs> so what do you think? How how much of it is our training from our older, you know, grandparents, specifically grandmothers? Absolutely. Um, you hit the nail right on the head. Okay. Because generationally. You know, think about even in the church, we were taught that, you know, that men need sex, but women, you know, you need affection, right? Mm -hmm. And affection is not, that doesn't mean you need, you need sexual pleasure. And that sets you apart, me thinking like, okay, so it's not really about me being happy sexually. It's about him being happy sexually. That's the wrong path, right? And then it was like, well, you know, you got to please, like you said, grandma, you got to please your man. You got to please your spouse. You got to please your partner. But what about my needs. So we have been conditioned incorrectly. We've been conditioned to not even think about that our needs in that regard and how they need to be met and how we need to actually have a value for our own sexual pleasure and health, our, our own enjoyment, right? That's a big deal. So when we were growing up, like you just said, only taught, oh, oh, you're getting to be a woman now. You got your cycle. What does that mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, that's because you could get pregnant now. Okay. So it was not about, you know, what that journey looks like, what that journey can look like. It was about what to protect you from. Mm. That was the condition, right? So it was very fear-based. It wasn't based around possibility. It mm. wasn't, it wasn't based around you know, the kind of life you want to build and you want to actually create for yourself and it being a duality of both sides. So I think it's time out. Like, you know, it, it is time out for those kind. There are things that traditions that are great. And then there are traditions that we need to throw out just like the ham hocks. Ooh, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, so we skipped straight into this. We didn't even, you know, we didn't get into you. Like what, what made you want to become a woman's health activist? Like what was your journey? Ooh, um, I like to say I, you know, I became a women's health activist because I went through my own crisis. Um, I, you know, at the age of 30, I, um, 20 years ago, I wanted to, um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> As Yandy likes to say, if you take care of it, though. <laughs> I know. That's right. Um, so hubby and I, you know, we've been married four years and we were like, it's time to, to, to grow our family. And, um, 30 years old, I was like, I'm feeling right. This is good. And we tried to conceive six months down the road, nothing's happening. Um, and I learned at that point when I went to the GYN that I was one of the 90% of black women battling fibroids by age 50. Now I didn't know it was a pandemic. I just happened to know I had fibroids at that time. I didn't know what that meant, but that precipitated a journey of um, what I called my million dollar baby journey because those fibroids that I battled for 14 years mm. actually caused infertility for 10 years, mm. okay? Infertility for 10 years, which required me to have five 
IVF cycles. I know you hear the cash register ringing when I say in vitro fertilization, because that's like $20,000 a pop, right? Easily. And um, in the middle of that, a miscarriage, which was devastating. Um, And being hospitalized for more than 100 plus days combined. Um, And even when we finally were conceived with the fifth IVF cycle, um, we thought everything was fantastic. It was great. This was it. God had answered our prayers. Um, At 21 weeks, I find out that the fibroids have returned. And I had just had a myomectomy six months before this, not even, um, which was my third fibroid surgery. The fibroids had returned and now were my baby was fighting for her life for the fibroids. Mm. And they told me that literally the doctor said to me, you might want to consider terminating this pregnancy. Mm. That took us 10 years to get, okay? 10 years to get to that point. And you know, uh, Tamika, I know, you know, I said, I, you know, I, we're people of faith and we're not giving up on this pregnancy. I said, no, no, we, it took well, us hold too on, Hold on right there. Quick, uh, important question. And I don't mean to stop your story, but this is no question. Please. Did you have a moment of feeling like you were going to lose your husband because you couldn't make this happen? Did you go through that or were you good, solid? So great question. Um, at the fourth IVF cycle, after it, Now, my husband was incredibly supportive. Shout out Mark Thompson. Um, uh, And he was always, you know, man of faith, very supportive, always there. After our fourth IVF cycle, which was a failure, like I hit a wall and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I can't do this anymore. And he doubled down on the support. Mm opposite he was like listen and he didn't because I felt at that need to make you know what you were saying like I have to give him a child like you know that pressure he was like no no I said what do you I said I said let's pray what what is God telling you because right now I don't even want another surgery I don't want to like I was like, I want to adopt you know what I'm saying because mm-hmm. if I have another surgery it's gonna be all kinds of complications and he was like no no he said babe I'm not gonna tell you what God said to me he said because this is your body I want you to pray and you decide and whatever you choose, I'm rolling with that because this is your life that's on the line. And, you know, I, that, that level of support and respect for me was huge. And I needed it because at the end of the day, I needed to know that that decision was not because I was trying to please him. Right. That I knew that it was part of my destiny. So grateful, but I know I have a lot of clients though who have lost their spouses in the infertility journey. I have a lot of clients who have, you know, have, have been down that road and struggled in it. You know, I literally just had a client tell me the other day, she's having her third miracle baby. And right now the marriage is in crisis. Mm. So continue on, you, you, you went through your process. Yes. So, but thank, so, you know, so we went through the process of, you know, I said, no, we're not giving up. And they hospitalized me. I was in the hospital and they said, oh my God, you're not going to make it 72 hours. We're going to have to do an emergency C-section. This is, this is, this is a horrible because it went worse. Long story short, eight weeks later to the tune of eight weeks later, because of a God, a miracles, God, miraculous God that I serve, right. That I was on the operating table. Cause they said, we're going to do a C-section. This is time. Now the baby's actually healthy enough to come out and um, my heart stopped on the operating table 
And all I know, I heard them say, Mrs. Thompson, you're, you know, we have to put you under because something's wrong. And I met, I learned the next day that I had a little girl. Mm -hmm. uh, thank God I lived to see it. Um, I was what you call a near miss, not a mortality in black maternal health. Thank God. Um, but I had a little girl named Nia Thompson who was born at two and a half pounds. Incredible. So my journey, I, I like to say when, when I birthed her, she birthed me into this work. She birthed me into this purpose because I had no idea. God turned my test into a testimony because Essence published a, a profile of my story. It went viral. And all of a sudden, women all around the world are telling me, oh, my God, your story has given me hope. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm in this phase of the cycle. So that now made me say, wait a minute. I thought this was my hell, my own personal hell. But then I learned it was a pandemic. I learned it literally was affecting up to 90% of Black women. And, um, and then I became um, an, an advocate and an activist because I said, wait a minute, you know, we can't be alone. I, I started mm -hmm. off saying, God, we just can't be alone. We can't be uh, uh, silent and, and um, you know, suffering and silent. And that's really what sparked me on this journey to becoming a, an author and eventually founding our, our online women's health platform called thedetoxnow.com. Tell us, you know, we, we talked about one aspect of, you know, uh, the, a big thing that I think everybody can enjoy that conversation and learn something from it when we talk about women's coochies. Absolutely. There's so, much, there's so many other things happening with us from a health perspective. What would you say are some of the, the what, what are you talking to your clients about the most, especially in our age demographic? which would be somewhere probably from maybe 25 to 55. In mm -hmm. there, what are some of the things that you're talking to us about? Yeah, I love that question. So, you know, first of all, you know, first give an honor to Tamika Mallory, because I have to say you inspired us. <laughs> um, you know, you know, your book, State of Emergency, um, really inspired my current campaign that we just launched. It's a PSA called, you know, My Estrogen, my body, my choice, and it's all about the Black women's health, Black women's health state of emergency. Mm -hmm. And the reason we're focusing on that is because we need to know what's going on with our estrogen. Estrogen is connected to um, if estrogen is too high or it's too low. It's connected to so many conditions and how it's affecting our body, and then what choices we have available to us. Because Black women's health is in a state of emergency. We are suffering. We are infertile, as I mentioned. We are dying, especially specifically Black women. You have women who are dealing with, when I talk about the suffering, you know, women's pain. We just talked about it from women being little girls. We're, our pain is normalized, all right? Our pain is normalized, and we're taught that it's you're, you're bleeding heavy, you're having heavy cramping, you're having heavy pain. Um, that's normal. And because we're told it's normal and there's so many studies that say our pain is dismissed, which is why it leads to um, women dying, right? Women being diagnosed too, too late, right? Um, and so we're talking about the fact that, hey, if you're in pain, you're suffering, that's not okay, right? Let us, first of all, let's turn around and say, you know what, the echo chamber that says from the, the dominant voices of the physicians and the family members that say it's okay that you're in pain, that it's normal for black women to be in pain. Let's counter that echo chamber and say, no, let's actually normalize balance. Let's normalize health. Let's normalize, normalize healing. And that starts by saying, wait a minute, what is my pain telling me, right? 
when we look at the statistics specifically, 19% of black women, as I mentioned, up to 90% of women, black women have fibroids by age 50, right? You know, the symptoms that are associated with that. Then you have 19% of black women are dealing with infertility. Leading causes of infertility are fibroids, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have endometriosis and PCOS. Um, black women are, I, I mentioned earlier, three times more likely, okay, to have fibroids and up to 90% dealing with them. 90% um, dealing with infertility. And then when it comes to cancer, African-American women, we have the highest mortality rate at 31%, okay? So we're suffering, we're infertile and we're dying and it's time to stop. Mm. So for us, it's, you know what? Let's first of all, expose the fact that it's not okay, mm. we're suffering, mm. right? Because it's, we're told it's normal, just shut up. If you, you go to the doctor, oh, your pain is normal. It's just menstrual pain. No, but you know what? Fast forward. Do you know that that cycles that are that are heavy, very painful, if they are un, um, untreated um, and you're not dealing with the root issue? There's studies now that are even indicating that when women get into peri perimenopause, and you talked about that age, that those fibroids can actually lead to other cancers or actually become cancerous. Wow. And I've women, never, I've never heard that. It is a big You know what else deal. I've never heard? I, well, I know now. But when I was young, no one ever told us that the menstrual cycle was a cleansing period. I didn't know anything about it. I just thought we had the curse of death that you just bled and it was basically associated with you getting pregnant and that's it. So the, that's it. I didn't know anything about the fact that your body was actually cleansing itself and pumping yes. out things that was, you know, no good. Oh, I guess the oxygen in the blood, something about that. I, I heard something and I still don't know. <laughs> All the details, so no. but I know you're getting cleaned up. So, so what's happening is your body prepares for, once you have your cycle, your body prepares for the ability to um, conceive every month, okay? And if you don't conceive, then it tears down, it sheds that lining every month, okay? So that is a cleansing. And what's happening though is when there is irregular cycles, mm -hmm. there is a when I talked about you know, estrogen being imbalanced and what that means is estrogen is either too high or it's too low, okay? Mm -hmm. If estrogen is dominant, it leads to conditions like fibroids, like PCOS. It's, it's, um, it's instrumental in terms of setting the stage for the development of these conditions, as well as um, even infertility issues, um, thyroid issues, weight gain. A lot of women see weight gain and they just think they don't realize it's actually connected to a hormone imbalance. Okay. They don't realize that it's telling them something. So we're wanting to educate women that your pain, your symptoms are actually telling you something. And, you know, it's time to actually listen to them because otherwise you're now going to be having these conditions at a more advanced levels. And then when estrogen is too low, it's associated with things like osteoporosis and mm. heart and heart issues, right? Um, for my women who are in perimenopause stage or women who've had are in menopause where their estrogen is even lower, right? Because of that, they are at high risk of osteoporosis. How do you check so, your estrogen level? You, it's a blood test. You get your doctor, but then remember, so there's the blood test, but your body is the first test. That's what we want to equip our women to know, right? What is my body telling me, all right? So the first education is your cycle is supposed to be normal. That means three, what is a normal cycle? 
three to five days of bleeding, all right? You're supposed to, according to the um, Office of Women's Health, the National Institute of Health, you're only supposed to bleed about three to five tablespoons of blood, okay? And it's supposed to be just discomfort, not heavy pain, okay? So, and I know we see this, our clients, when they're on the other side, we see the happy period. All right. They so live the clots, happy period. So the, are the clots not, not that's, you're not supposed to have clotting? Mm -mm. That's only if your body is going through something and it's telling you something. There's either an abundance of estrogen, your body is, it's absolutely not part of a normal cycle, right? So that's telling you something. See, you just said, is, is clotting not normal? No, it's not part of a normal cycle, right? So understanding if it's abnormal, let's look at and let's value our voices because something inside is, is telling you this ain't right, you know, I, I, when, 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 but, but you're being countered. Remember those, that echo chamber I talked about? You're being countered by an echo chamber that says, ah, oh, if it's not bothering you, don't bother it. Or, oh, no, that's, you just, you know, Black women just bleed heavy. Or, no, you just have painful cycles. So you ignore it. And I like to say, if we don't listen to our pain, our pain when it is a whisper, it will become a scream that literally uproots and it disrupts our lives, right? So, that's really important for us to become educated about it. And when we become educated about it, to know that we have solutions. Because the other thing we're told, why are Black women the first three, we are the highest recipients of hysterectomies. Mm -hmm. Three to four times more likely. I was talking to a young woman, 25 years old, right? She's, her testimony is incredible. And the other thing we did as part of this campaign, we did an audit of several testimonies. And oh my God, I can't wait. You know, we're posting them on the, they're, they're actually on the website. They're going to be amazing in terms of supporting women. Because what we said is we have to put out stories that for people to actually hear that possibility of having a balanced life, that mm -hmm. it, there's something possible outside of the hysterectomy you're told you're supposed to have, or the birth control they tell, they tell you you have to be on for non-contraceptive reasons that actually lead to these other conditions because they cause estrogen dominance right? Mm -hmm. We're not told these things, right? So she was told at 25 years old, she was very small, but all, all big fibroids. She had a fibroid, the, she had fibroids with a belly about six months in size of, of a six month pregnancy. And they were like, you know what? You can't do anything to it. They didn't tell her any lifestyle changes. They didn't tell her anything she had in her power to do with it. And then the conversely, I have I have um, clients who right away they look at you and say, "Oh, you know, you're in your forties. Just go ahead and have hysterectomy. Don't care if you're you have planning." And it's not even just about having a baby, Tamika. It's because that organ is vital to your hormonal health, mm. your uterus. Let's dismiss this idea that if you don't want to have children it's okay to remove your uterus because mm -hmm. your uterus is so critical to your, your body's overall hormonal health, which literally triggers and controls everything going on in your body that it will literally disrupt everything. And wow. then you're trying to play catch up, right? So for us, it's educating women that you don't have to live like that. You don't have to live like that. There are other options or surgery. You don't have to, if you want to have surgery, that's up to you. But you also want to think about the root things that are in your control. I think it's up to 7% of conditions and diseases. Only 7% are actually um, uh, driven by genetics. Mm. That means like 93% 
we have control of because it's social determinants. It is things like our nutrition. It's things like our stress levels, right? Our safety, our security. It's those things, access to care, access to healthcare, okay? Those are things that affect our, our overall health and our condition. So it's, it's providing solutions, providing education. That's the conversation we're having. That's the conversation we're looking to normalize balance. We're looking to normalize balance. So just listening to you, you know, it's, it's so much that we just don't know, right? Yeah. And so like, what are the, what are the foods? Like, I know, I know that you're vegan. So what do you think the, the, the dangerous foods that intake, that women are intaking that are detrimental to their bodies and to their health? Okay, great question. Um, because I think that's one of the biggest um, hurdles is the food, right? Food will be your medicine or it will be your poison. Um, and I wanna start by dismissing the idea that the only way you can have a healthy diet is to be vegan, all right, or to be plant-based. Because it really is, it depends on the severity of your condition. It depends on what your condition is, right? And then there's, this is for me, is take steps towards health. So there are things that the, the um, when you talk about like the biggest culprits, the biggest culprits are going to be um, things that are like soy-based um, meats that are, um, you know, if you're gonna have meat, you wanna make sure it's grass-fed, organic, um, if you're going to have meat, but then if you're dealing with fibroids, understand it's going to fuel them. Okay. Um, then there's dairy. Dairy is a huge one because of how it, it feeds, um, inflammation. It fuels inflammation. It fuels, and that, it, that fibroids and those kind of conditions are inflammatory conditions. Um, alcohol is a big one. Uh, I, it's, it's a big one because a lot of people, that's their panacea. It's how it's, it's what they soothe themselves with. So minimizing that. Um, and then, so I said dairy, I said meat, I said alcohol. Uh, and the other thing is gluten. Gluten is huge and gluten is in so many things from breads to pastas. It's, a, it's an ingredient that a lot of people are learning about now because there's this whole gluten-free movement. But gluten is, is, it really disrupts our gut health and our gut is like the center of our overall health, okay? So when you talk about like things that are, will help, cruciferous vegetables are really important. So I say to people, you know, it's not about doing everything all at once unless you're in a crisis. So the people that come to us, my son, they're in a crisis. They're like, I need help right now. I'm real, I'm real cold turkey, literally. Help me because I'm drowning, right? Then they'll do like our water fast. They'll do our balance program and that's fine. But some people who is like, they're just looking to try to make changes because it's more of a, of a gradual thing adding more cruciferous vegetables into your diet, like bok choy, like broccoli, right? Like, um, you know, purple cabbage and, and kale and um, these things, having more of them and not, you know, drowned in grease and devoid of nutrients, but having those more in your diet will help. And, and, and if you're gonna have meat, make it a smaller portion of your food and more of the vegetables, right? More of the fruits and vegetables that are gonna help overall and then making sure that um when it comes to your you know caffeine levels people some people love coffee but caffeine is one of those things that fuels um estrogen as well it's highly estrogenic so maybe for you it, it, there have been people who they said to me oh my god it felt like my fibroids went you know they grew like on steroids recently and we said okay so let's take a look at what's what's what have you been consuming oh my god i've been working so hard i've been drinking a lot of coffee because i need to stay up or whatever it may be that's been going on in their lifestyle 
And it's been traced to that, you know what I mean? Because caffeine can be, so it can, it has some health benefits. However, it also, if you're estrogen dominant, which your estrogen level is too high, it can cause um, that, the fueling of those conditions. Yeah, last night I had a terrible eat night. Like I had some, what was it? Steak and cheese, egg roll thing. That's <laughs> so good, so good. Um, and so it was just a, a bad night because I'm not supposed to be eating much cheese. Yeah. I've been told to stick to like feta and other sort of cheeses like that, but I'm not allowed to have like cheddar and mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. of that nature because of cholesterol. And the food is hard. You know, the food is hard, especially for us because I've watched, especially my son, he only eats, um, what, what is your thing? Are you a vegetarian or? I'm pescatarian? not a vegetarian. I'm a pescatarian. Pescatarian. I tried every now and then I might eat a little bit of chicken, but I don't eat beef or any other meat. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, but it's hard to find things. Like I watch him struggle wanting to do right. Like trying, he doesn't, he would never eat any trash at all, period. Except mm-hmm. the fact that you're somewhere and there's nothing. And it's like, what do you eat? Especially when you're arriving at 10 o'clock at night. And the only thing that's available is like the, you know, the, 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 what do you call those wings, the hot wings, or, you know, <laughs> something like that. It's just like all this there. And now that I'm trying to eat better, since I got this really bad cholesterol report back from my um, physical is I find myself really struggling. Like, okay, there's pizza, there's, you know, there's, there are things with all the things that I'm not supposed to be eating everywhere. Mm-hmm. Butter, butter is in everything. Yep. It's used, you know, so often, um, you know, just like all the stuff, you know, the things. So I don't have to explain it. And it is really hard. And I try to eat because Queen of Fua told us have two salads per day. So yes. I'm like mm-hmm. trying to get into the salad thing, but even finding a good salad can be difficult. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm not gonna, it's, so part of it is, you know, this is why, you know, the, the number one thing you can do is obviously prepare your meals at home. However, everybody doesn't have that, you know, right. and, and I'm not somebody who just loves to cook all the time, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we have an amazing, you know, recipe guy. We partnered with a great chef. You know, it's our in-fibers recipe guy. We partnered with uh, Chantel, let's be vegan to make easy and delicious recipes for people who are going to prepare them at home. But when you're on the road, yeah, for me, it's, it's, Let's dismiss this idea that if it doesn't have meat or or uh, these other conditions, that it's not food. Because a lot of times you can find, like for me, if I go somewhere, I'm looking for the fruits, I'm looking for the veggies, um, and and my concept is that is a meal, right? So if I if I think about it that way, if you go to eat at a restaurant, they're gonna have some grilled veggies, they're gonna have steam, they're gonna have something available, right? Something. Um, then are you hungry afterwards? I mean, listen, we got to let you go because we, we just going to keep talking and talking and talking. But are you hungry? Do you find yourself still being hungry after? Or you're Not feeling satisfied? No. Uh, so number one, the other thing is steamed brown rice. Brown rice is very accessible. Um, and I, you know, that's a good source of protein. So you want to make sure you have a good source of protein, like something like a brown rice, like quinoa. The, there are foods available. And, and the biggest thing is this, that if we're looking for it and if we decide that, you know what, my health, let's go back to that state of emergency, right? When we say balance is possible, it starts by saying prioritizing my health. I'm not going to get, 
I'm not going to get balanced until I prioritize my health, right? Those who are in the dominant culture are not going to give up power until they understand that, you know what, it's going to be taken from me. I don't want my life taken from me because I'm not taking care of my health. So I have to decide that, you know what, come hot, no matter what, right now, this is what's most important. Right. And for us, you know, the other thing is we, we create supplements. Like we have a, our, our Balanced Daily Plus Mask Kit, which is a women's health reproductive program that helps to restore hormonal balance, um, to improve menstrual cycles, to promote healthy weight, which is really important, as well as prevent those, helps your body to do these things. Making sure you're getting the right supplements is really important. Maybe you can't do everything with your diet, but let's start by making sure you have the right supplements. Because we have, we've seen women who, because they were starting to feel, oh my God, my cycle is better. And I just started taking the supplements. And then, oh my God, I feel so good now that I'm more encouraged to, to take done. better care to of myself. Done. You see what I'm saying? And we've seen it over and over that once they, they have that support and they start to feel what it's like to feel amazing, that, you know, they'll be like, oh my God, now I am willing to, to go that extra mile. Like when they do our water fast, right? Which may be a, a part of, they may start their balance that part. They're like, oh my God, I can't eat for 14 days. It's a water fast. And I say this because a lot of times we think we're about to die, Tamika and my son. But the truth is we're really just thirsty. We think we're so hungry, but our bodies are saying, no, you know what? You're really just thirsty because the body, it, it, it experiences dehydration and hunger the same. And I say that because sometimes we'll reach for something that's bad for us to eat because we think we're about to pass out. But what the body's actually telling you, oh, you really just need some coconut water. Oh, you really just need some water. And you would be surprised if you took your supplements, if your water, you may have, a, you may have time to get to that next spot or have a little bit more planning time to say, let me get something that's healthier to eat. That's a wow. critical piece. But if you don't have the support and the understanding and the education. And the knowledge, the knowledge. Yes, so yes, yes. I just want to thank you so much for your time. And you're, you're so clear, you know, oftentimes people say they're experts in certain areas and it's difficult to understand <laughs> what they're, um, you know, what they know. Uh, but it's not that way with you. You're very, very clear. And I I definitely learned from this conversation. And I think the main thing that is so important is talking about these issues from nuts to bolts and not making it a backroom conversation between a few women, but ensuring that our men are a part of it. Because, hey, when we're out to eat, a man can look over at his wife and say, hey, you've had four drinks this week or, you know, tonight, maybe, you know, we shouldn't do that because we need to preserve your health. Hey, let's not eat this today. Hey, let's do, you know, do different things because sometimes you do need a partner to help you out and to have somebody that's in your health journey with you. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it, either you want to live or you don't. And that's what oh. I'm beginning to realize. Yes, ma'am. You gotta do it. So I can make all the excuses. I can't find this. I don't like this, that, and the third. Or I can order that salad with my little scallops on the side and mix it all up together and enjoy. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If I could share this, most many women who found our program, they found it because some of their either their husbands or their boyfriends found it and said, you know what? Check this out. 
So I want to shout out, there are men out there that are looking for, and they actually have turned around and the ones who've had miracle babies or whatever, it's because they did get in the trenches and do the program with them, right? Or they said, you know, if this is all you're going to eat, this is all we're going to eat as a family. So shout out to the, the brothers and the family members that, who are supporting and saying, you know what, our health is going to, let's make generational health hmm. our focus, right? Let's normalize this idea that our real wealth is our health first, because you can't enjoy any of the physical wealth if you're not healthy, if you're not here, right? Yeah. And, and understand that balance is possible. It really is. Uh, we're here for you. Please take advantage of our free, our, our free um, weekly group consults, whatever you're dealing with. We want you to know you're not alone. That's yeah, the bottom tell, line. Tell us where we can get in touch with you to get your products, because you have all these products that they need for their health you know what i'm saying and they need your coaching like tell us how do we get you we need you thank you so much um well you know for us it's people over profits and that means we make things available at every level wherever you are and that starts off with our free weekly group console so please contact us at the detoxnow.com um, where I'm Coach Jesse, Coach G-E-S-S-I-E -S 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 on IG. I'm very active. Um, the website, you can get your free free food list. You can get your, um, your group consult or you can book a private one. And this is important because that's where it starts, right? It starts by looking at your case and saying, hey, what are your goals? What's going on? How can we help you? And then we have a community. You know, my company name, the legal name is Detox Living because we're calling people to a life of what we call detox living, which is life free of toxic thoughts, people, habits, and foods, right? Yeah. And that is what we're offering you at thedetoxnow.com. All right. Well, once again, we want to thank you. You have been very informative. You do not look a day over 31. <laughs> um, hopefully, 51, yes. You know what I'm saying? So 51 is amazing. But just thank continue you. to do what you do. You know, hopefully somebody's coochie might be saved based on this conversation. Come you know, on, we saving coochies out here. You know what I'm saying? Life life might be saved. A brother's need. We, listen, brothers, man, get it. Because sometimes the woman don't know about it. Like the lady, the woman yeah. just said, the brothers bring, introduce it to him. So brothers, sometimes you might have to reach out to Coach Jesse. Because a lot yeah. of women don't know. Or they, sometimes they're in denial. So you might have to give a little... You know what I'm saying? Push over there. So we appreciate you, Coach Jesse. And we support the men too. You know, there's ED and a lot of other things out there. We help them too. High blood pressure. But the sisters, they got my heart. <laughs> Thank you so much, Coach Jesse. Please go back to your day. Thank you so much for breaking into your schedule to be a guest on Street Politicians. We can't wait to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's true blessing. Hey everyone, I am so excited. The Black Effect is live. This April 27th, the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. 
Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support Black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with a Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and have it shared with a Black Effect podcast network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit, Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event to be at. You won't want to miss this because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill of your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com forward slash podcast festival for more details. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrantz, Palpocyclib. Ibrantz 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR-positive HER2-negative MBC as the first hormonal-based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrantz and visit Ibrantz.com. Ibrantz may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrantz may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrantz, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. 
think Coach Jesse and, and the things that she's talking about, and I mean, she she knows so much. You could just get sort of caught up in listening to all of the details. And it's good, you know, we, we had Queen of Four. We've had several opportunities to talk about this. I feel like, you know, we all, no matter who you are, or where you come from, you got to come through a woman. There's no other way to get here than through a woman's body. So at the end of the day, we are in a place where, you know, where I feel like we can finally break down the barriers of misinformation or lack of information because we're doing it in so many other areas. And we need to take care of our women, all of us, so that we can continue to procreate. So I think it's a real simple concept. We don't got to make it a difficult, long debate. It just is what it is. We want to continue to procreate. We want to make sure that our race is strong, that we have more children and more life. And that's how you get that's how you get it done. Take care of your bodies. You know, I, I'm 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 happy to have these conversations because I got a lot of friends and they all come back with the, you know, I've been blessed not to really have to deal with that in my later life, but a lot of my friends and younger guys talk about you know, women not smelling good. So, you know, I'm pushing on over to Coach Jesse. You know, you got to, because if you're in a relationship, you got to care, care enough about the woman and care about yourself to try to do something better for it. So, you know. <laughs> the older just is, every man, every man in the world is most afraid. It's like, I don't want to smell that. Nobody, <laughs> nobody want no stinking, stinking thing. Nobody want none of that. So, Shout out to Coach Jesse, man, and, and yeah. the wealth of knowledge she has. So, whole another topic, you know, as we talk about women, black women, you know, brings me to my I don't get it. I was in the courthouse. We were in the courthouse in um, Houston, Texas, a few days ago, where the verdict for the officer who killed Pam Turner was read. And, you know, it was one, I think it was one of the most disappointing things I've ever experienced, man. We, cause this was, this was one of those times, those instances where it wasn't speculation, where we didn't think something happened. We literally watched this woman being executed on tape to see a verdict come back and say that the, the um, officer was not guilty. It just, it hurt me. It hurt me seeing her daughter you know, seeing her sister, seeing her family, you know, it was it was painful for me, you know. And unfortunately, when that one, you know, we hadn't been in the courtroom prior to that. We hadn't heard the whole case. You know, we wanted to go out there to support the family, you know. So we flew out there that day to support the family and be with them and let people know because unfortunately there wasn't enough people there. There was I didn't see people outside, I didn't see anything. So there was no real support for this black woman who was literally murdered, you know? you know. So we wanted to go and be support to the family and to, you know, Ben Crump, who is the civil attorney on the case. And um, unfortunately, when we did go into the courtroom and I watched the jury come back into the room, I, my spirit told me, you know, that it wasn't right. You know, it was three black jurors and I know we say that, and, and I don't know why we think that, but you know, a lot, they say a lot of your skin folk ain't your kin folk. And, not, and I'm not saying that about them because I don't know what their circumstances are. I know from understanding, 
you know, what I've heard, I've never actually been in the jury, but I met my grandmother being in the jury and afterwards explaining to me what the process was, her being the sole black woman in the room where it was white men and all types of other people trying to tell her to change what she felt, you know, and, and how, and my grandmother was the strongest person I ever seen in my life. And to know that it was times where she was like, she was getting a little frustrated, but she said she just, she went with her heart, you know, and she wasn't going to allow anybody to change because that's just who she was. Right. But, you know, to see those black people come out there and they, it seemed like there was a, a fight for a while, just based off the fact that they were there a couple of days. I know that they went through things in there and the fact that they didn't come back and ask any questions, it was in a deliberation for over two days, showed that there was a back and forth. And there was just, we think you innocent and there were probably one or two people who were fighting. No, I mean, we think he's guilty. I mean, we think he's innocent. There were one or two people probably fighting because they, they felt that he was guilty and it just fell apart at one point. And it's like, they probably got beat down, but I just wish that we have more strength. Beyond whether or not they should have held the line or not, which I think they should have. And I'm gonna say, when, when you said earlier that you don't want to say all for all, all skin folk ain't your kin, no, all kin folk. Not in this, not in this situation. All skin folk, no, but all skin folk ain't your kin folk, right? I know that. But no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, I don't think we can give them a pass because there have been other jury decisions where when the jurors, are, when, when the, the jury uh, does not come back with what we believe we saw in front of our eyes, right? We know the truth, right? We have said, and we've called those juries out. And we've said, this is some bullshit. And, and we've talked about how those jurors, we feel fell victim to the system and or some of them were racist as well. And I think it's okay for us to say that the same, not the same exact words, of course, but to chastise and or, or maybe that's not the right word, but to critique at least, the three black jurors that know good and damn well the judge was being biased and that the, the, the entire case was corrupted by the judge's behavior. They know it happened. They know it happened more than we do because they sat there and they saw it. We heard about it secondhand, but they watched in real time a judge sit right in front of them and do everything possible to lend support to the defense, knowing that all the things that we needed, that, that 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 jury should have been hearing about, because by the way, the only way a jury, the only way a judge gets to block information about mental health and things like that, the jury's not stupid. They hear you bring it up as a prosecutor, and then it's what you call it um it's it's subjected or whatever and they retract the statement and then they re but you heard it strike it but so then you it, know and then what they tell you is that you can't use that information at all and i'm not and listen nobody is saying first of all fine i get it jury instructions are what they are you can't use it that's whatever because guess what i'm sure that the other way around 
plenty of people are using their biases and their opinions about black people when they are making decisions in courtrooms that even if, if even if certain things are supposed to be thrown out they still have decided that the black man or the black woman but particularly the black man is a criminal and they are going to find the motherfucker guilty i don't they don't care about the instructions and the right way to do whatever they're going to do. That happens all the time. We're the ones that we're trying to do it the right way. Fine. I'm with that. I support it. If that's what we're doing, we should do that. Let's try to do, do things the right way. But I will say this. They knew that if they decided that things were not being done properly, they could at least hang the jury or hung, uh, make a hung jury. Why didn't they do that? Why didn't they at least do that? No, I refuse. Oh, no, I would love to interview them. I, I, would, I, would love to sit there. I would love to sit down and interview. If we can find those three jurors, I would love to interview them and just understand. Everybody else I get, they, you know, but I want to know what, what was going through the minds of those three jurors. It's, and particularly the, this one black young, she was kind of younger girl that, She's kind of younger and, and she looked like she was having some discomfort. <laughs> she looked like she was having some discomfort. I, I, I want to know. I, I really just want to understand, man. So I, I really just don't get how we watched a woman get executed and there was no justice for her. So Yeah, she was executed and she was executed on the streets by the officer and in the courtroom by the judge. And it's just disgusting, and that's that. So, I'm done for today. You, 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 you have your I don't get it has ended the show for me. R.I.P. to Pam Turner. My condolences and everything goes out to her family. You know, but we still trying to get justice at the federal level. This is it. Don't the fight don't give up, man. Doesn't so, end. R.I.P. to them once again. We appreciate y'all for joining Street Politicians. The place where the streets and politics meet. I'm not gonna always be right. Tamika Mary's not gonna always be wrong, but we will both always, and I mean always, be authentic. Listen to Street Politicians on the Black Effect Network on iHeartRadio. And catch us every single Wednesday for the video version of Street Politicians on iWomen.tv. That's how we own it. ATT Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems 
may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.